Hi guys, and today you are listening to Mushtar FM 89.6. It's cultural show and me, Chris. So recently I visited Denmark and Sweden, and after this trip I was thinking a lot about aspects of life and about aspects of happy life. I was impressed by uh, a lot of things that these uh, countries and these uh, cities have. So when I think they have really good environment for life, and uh, the level of happiness of people quite high uh, in these countries. I was thinking about uh, important environment for happy life. Since I'm from a country where government don't pay attention about develop environment for good life, I would like to discuss today some important criteria of happy and high-quality life according to uh, city life. So, and today's guests are Anno. Hello, Chris. And Doach. Hi there. Since all of us, we are from so different countries, also we have traveling experience. So I hope today we can talk about many different things related to quality of life. And uh, Anna, first question for you. Where are you from originally? And tell us how your city doesn't look like and uh, do you like to live in? Uh, originally, I'm from Georgia, from the small town called Samtredia. It's really small town. Only 30,000 people live there, but it's just city and a little villages around it but i've been living in tbilisi for the past five years now so i have experience in both living in small town and the big city as well uh, if i talk about my town it's the situation there is worse than nirechaza i would say because it's so calm and uh, nothing nothing exciting is happening there i grew up And we didn't even have any bar or any cafe where kids could go to hang out. And by the time we left the city, we became students and just changed the place to live. That's when they started opening those places up. So we got really un- unlucky in that sense. But but do you like to live in this city or uh, um, you would rather to move? Or you, you already said like you moved to Belize, but uh, what's the reason you moved Well, I became a student and I moved, but no, I don't want to live in my hometown because now there's no opportunities for me. And it's just home that you go back to once in a while to me. Growing up there was okay. I mean, I had friends, I had family, and that was the town that I was used to. So I was really happy by the time I was there. But when I moved to Tbilisi and when I started like completely different life, I hated going back there so much, like you wouldn't even imagine. I don't know, it was just maybe this period of my life or I was changing and was thinking of other things, but I just genuinely hated going back there. But Why? these feelings, they're like related to infrastructure? No, no, that... not infrastructure. I guess just environment of, I guess, just people there. Because in small towns and in villages... People are very close-minded. They're, everybody's in everybody else's business. So I guess that affected my feelings towards my hometown for like good four years, I would say. I didn't want to go back there. The last time I went to my hometown, that was before I came to Nirechaza, was probably the first time in so many years that I really enjoyed staying there. Dovac, as I know, you have an experience of living in two different countries. Where have you been living and how do you like it so far? So originally I, I was born in Istanbul and I lived there until uh, when I was eight and a half. And then we moved permanently to northern Cyprus. If the listeners don't know about Cyprus as a divided country, 
the north side is Turkish and the south side is the official EU member Greek dominant country. So we moved to the north, to the city of Kyrenia, which also has a very small population. Even though it's a tourist attraction city, I still relate to what Anno said about small town and how everybody is in everybody else's business. Istanbul, on the other hand, is a total contrast. Um, you are anonymous, like there are millions of people and you can walk in the street, you can meet one person the next thousands of years you cannot meet, which I experienced in a, in a very contrasty way. I explain Cyprus, like my hometown, as, as if we all live in the same house. But sometimes we get out from our rooms to meet in the living room <laughs> because you cannot run away from people. Whatever you do, everybody else knows. Um, you don't have much of a private life uh, in a small town, I think. Like, let's say you are sitting at a cafe or just walking from the street. You wave to 10 people because like, you grew up there and they also didn't leave the city. So in my short time in living in Istanbul after Cyprus, in my more... Um, grown up years in my 20s, I experienced the luxury of nobody knowing me and me not knowing them. But since both of you have an experience about living in two different cities, small one and big one, what do you like most? For me, it really feels better because you have a chance. Either you can be private, either you are in a calm area, you can be calm if you want, or you can go out at night and live that nightlife, or you can be in the crowded places. There you have a choice, but whenever you're in a small town, it's just you're at home at six o'clock at night, so... And you don't have a choice what yeah, to do. exactly. Mm -hmm. And there's like a lot of things to do in big cities, so I guess we see. I think opportunity-wise, Istanbul is great. You can practically never get bored if you are a curious person, if you want to try different things all the time. Uh, you cannot run out of things to do in Istanbul. Unlike in Kyrenia, in Kyrenia you can finish everything in 10 days. It can also take two days <laughs> if you're really quick. But since we started with disadvantages, I was curious about if Anno thinks there are any advantages of your hometown, like you're in home. If you have a good, good amount of friends, you, cannot, like, you don't feel this... Loneliness. Yeah, like like you feel like you belong in, in your hometown. Well, most of my friends nowadays are in Tbilisi, but obviously I have some friends in my hometown as well. But sometimes I do get this feeling of missing my hometown. But again, it's for the last two years, I think, that I start missing my home and the situation around it, just my neighbors and just seeing the faces that I grew up with. But It's not like really strong feeling, but I do feel that sometimes like from time to time, because obviously you go out in the street and you see like every other person, you know who they are and they know who you are. So it's not, you I know, it's a everybody. lot of pressure to live like this. I mean, when you grew up like this, you were used to that. So it's a natural habitat for you. Don't you think twice before do something? What neighbors said? Obviously. Because like, I, I say that because <laughs> I know this mentality we have same, like what neighborhood said. When we turned 16, when me and my friends turned 16 and most of my friends got a car, they were driving me to home and I would be like, okay, you stop there, not, not take me to my, exactly my house because everybody would be outside like looking. And then the next day or the day after, they would be <laughs> at my mom. And like, who was this? Like, uh, I saw Anna, was, uh, somebody brought Anna home. Like, who was next this? Day, and I just... Next day you will be slut. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, and I was the 
person who was trying to, well, I didn't really pay attention to that. I was just doing this for my mom or for my grandma because they were like, oh, they're going to start talking. I was like, okay, like, I don't want these headaches. So just for you, maybe uh, I will let them stop somewhere else. But anyway, I was trying not to pay attention to this neighbor stuff. Otherwise, it would have gotten ugly because that does not sit well with me. I hate my neighbors. <laughs> I grew up with this mentality, like, no neighbors, please. Best security cameras mm. in, in small towns are babushkas, uh, yeah, the grandmothers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have completely different situation. I live in Voronezh and to be honest, I really love to live in there because I I honestly think it's one of the comfortable, the most comfortable city for me to live in. Even though I travel a lot and I have seen a lot of places, a lot of cities, I still thinking like Voronezh is one of the best place for live in. I will explain like why. It it has uh, everything in one place. Uh, we have really small city center and if you have a lot of things to do, like to-do list for today with I don't know 10 tasks, you will complete it in one day. For example, in a city size of like let's say Moscow, it's impossible to complete few things in one day. Maximum you can complete one task because you will spend a lot of time for going in one side and the other side and In Moscow, for transportation, you can spend two hours going to one way and two hours for coming back in the other way. So it's just basically half of the day. In two hours, you will visit three cities in Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. And in two hours, you can do a lot of things in Voronezh. And also, I like that our city is so green. So it has a lot of parks. It has a lot of uh, like areas for chill. Also, it's surrounded by nature. And in 20-30 minutes, you can be, I don't know, in the riverside and swim in the clean water. Or you can do picnic, barbecue. Or you can cycling, not in the mountains, but in the hills, let's say. Also, I love cultural side of my city because we have around five, seven different theaters. And those theaters, they're really well. They won a lot of prizes and... Uh, They known even outside of Voronezh. Before war, we were hosting international art festival, Platonov's festival, and the bands, the whole around the world, were visiting our city. So I was like really proud of it. Before war started, I was thinking about that I really want to live in Voronezh, continue live in Voronezh, and just travel around the world uh, as much as it's possible. But I was like pretty okay with living in my city. When I arrived to Inyeritkhaza. I wasn't surprised because I, I have checked before and I wasn't surprised it's that little city, but I still surprised by these things that everything closed at six and you have to create what to do after six. Even coffee shops and uh, bars, they close at eight. It's pretty hard to find the things to do. But at the same time, if you get used to live in a big city, I think, I mean, I'm talking about myself. For me, now this year, it's an opportunity to understand uh, how to live in a small city and uh, gain this experience. So I'm pretty happy to live here in Yeritkhaza this year because it gives me a lot of thoughts on how my perfect place for live should look like. And here we have a rating of the best cities in the world. I wanted to talk with you about some criterias which a perfect city should have. Here we have a rating of the best cities in the world. And this rating made by Economist Intelligent Unit. Every year they present the rating of the best and the worst also cities in the world. So the rating based on few criterias, which I think they're really important. 
First one, uh, level of infrastructure development and stability. Next, quality of medical care, level of culture development, natural environment, and level of education development. So, guys, let's guess. <laughs> Which city won the first place? For this year, I think it's Ukraine. No, no, no. Um, it's, 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 it's Kiev as, uh, as an honorary uh, No, it's thing. unpolitical rate. Yeah, uh, but, but the actual one is London, I think, right? London, okay. You guess? I don't know if something from Scandinavia or maybe Switzerland. You're close to the right answer, Anna, but... Close <laughs> geographically or...? No, close with your guess. We have some countries from Scandinavia, but they are not in the first place. First city, which is more comfortable for life according to these criteria, is Vienna. Oh. And I know recently Joanna visited yeah. Vienna, right? Yes. Any kind of opinion about Vienna and this rating? Uh, how you find Vienna? That was surprising. Well, I, I didn't spend that much time to get to know culture or everything else, but that's a nice surprise, I would say. I really liked it. I really liked everything. I mean, infrastructure, it's great. And nature-wise, it's also, I mean, big of a deal, nothing amazing, but it is great. But you're talking with, from perspective of Georgian girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. just surrounded yeah, me, by I nature. Mean, you have to know that when it comes to nature, that's why I'm not very excited when you guys try to go hiking or trying to buy a tent because, I mean, I have this, like, in, around my house, I have this beautiful thing. In my backyard. I, yeah, in my backyard, <laughs> literally. Uh, I mean, I appreciate it, but it doesn't get me excited or anything. Yeah, I really loved it in Vienna, and I felt that people were really free, I would say, because I mentioned it earlier, like, that was my first time when I saw, like, LGBT couples being so openly LGBT and just enjoying themselves, and that was, like, a nice thing to see. Yeah, I think I will just go back there just to spend a little more time, just so that I know for myself why it's the best city in the world. And it's not just Vienna won this first place once. No, it's quite surprising for me. They keep this first place around eight years. Eight oh. times Vienna was the one of the best cities in the world for live in. To be honest, Vienna is not my favorite city. Because for me, it's like super big. I mean, in the, in the sense of buildings like you feel mm, i would say you feel small next to these palaces next to these gardens and you feel like you are not really important you like to feel important yeah i think it's important to feel important which is funny words because i think the the city environment should be constructed for people we have that problem in Russia. Even my diploma was about uh, about architecture in Soviet past. And in Soviet past, we have uh, that kind of architecture, which is like mixed of styles, ampere, barocco, and uh, antique. And uh, the purpose of building these grand and big buildings was to make persons smaller and show the persons that they are not important. And the most important thing in this world is this communism and socialism, which build these buildings. It's funny to see how this post-Soviet thinking and mentality affects you just viewing Vienna as like a nice place. 
I cannot deny that Vienna is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Probably. <laughs> no, it's not my trauma. It's like my point of view, just my perspective of uh, seeing it. To add to this, I think Nazi Germany also did the same thing. Because in a documentary I've seen about a Turkish prime minister who was talking to someone from Germany. And they were saying that we have to make big, big buildings. We have to make big buildings. Why? To actually show the, how big the government is than the citizen itself. There's a universal idea like this. But yeah, we have to mention it's not related to Vienna because the buildings were constructed uh, even before, too many years before this uh, communism and other ideas starts. But maybe back then they were doing it same for the Austrian Empire. Uh, probably, yeah, probably. Empire mindset. Mm -hmm. So guys, here I want to offer you to bet how expensive the life in Vienna and uh, some cons of life in Vienna. How do you think, how expensive the life? I know it's quite expensive because I know some people that used to live there. No, well, let's just bet. How, how many thousands of euros per month per person? They need mm -hmm. five. Five, okay. I think five is a bit much, maybe 3,000 euros. Mm -hmm. So and here we also have statistics. So average cost, including a rent for two persons, is 4,000 euros. And the average salary, it's 2,500 euros per month. So it's quite affordable if you live together, like let's say family, it's quite affordable, yeah. And of course, it depends on the uh, neighborhood and that stuff. Let's discuss a few things about Vienna. I was surprised by this rule that on Sundays, nothing is working, barely nothing. Like groceries, you cannot go to groceries. They just closed. Other places, like, so I think just museums... Uh, All else? the restaurants and cafes were open. Yeah, restaurants and cafes, they are open, but uh, regular groceries, mm -hmm. you don't have opportunity to go and buy some stuff if you forgot milk and you want to have your coffee with milk uh, early in the Sunday morning. So what do you think about it? Uh, because here's uh, economical reasons. I'm talking from perspective uh, of my country where, <laughs> where we work 24-7. All the time. All yes. the time, yeah. All the time we make money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is still not enough. And uh, also this thing, it comes from bad economical situation. Also, I know for Turkey, because I have been living in, in, in Eskisha here for a month, and it was interesting experience for me to see how we are similar I mean, Turkish uh, economic system and Russian economic system. In Georgia, I haven't noticed that because I, I wasn't paying attention about uh, stores. But I know this uh, stuff with groceries uh, working on Sunday. It comes from bad economical situation because people need to work more for earn more money. But this money, they are doesn't have any value. So and every time you need to work more and more for gain more. But in reality, you cannot buy necessary stuff with that money. So what do you think about this uh, concept when people not working on Sundays and uh, still living their best life? I think that's how it should be, because what is the weekend? You should be free, right? So even those workers, like people who work in the grocery store, need days off. And yeah, you work for the whole week. I think you should be able to get all the groceries or whatever you need. So on the weekends, you, I don't know, maybe go out of town or just spend time at your house. I think it's great. And I wish that we had the same thing in Georgia, because nowadays in Georgia, we don't have weekends. Like, it doesn't exist. And if you do have a day off on weekends uh, that means that you're working a really good job and that means like you're really privileged but yeah everything works 24 7 almost every day 
think the same as Anno, this is like a basic human need and Viennese people are quite lucky to live in such a high standard of, of life to say even if we don't work on weekends, that's okay. We have enough resources to manage. Let me say another example on the contrast of this. In the heart of Istanbul, uh, there is a street called Istiklal, which is the most populated city street. Waves of people pass it even at night. So we were shocked to see all the clothing shops were open after 12 o'clock at night because it's also about demand. Like that population there in that street are demanding to, like they can shop there, there. Not everywhere around Istanbul these shops are open, but the same franchise stays open till after midnight. So I guess it's also about demand. Maybe Viennese people are also not that demanding of their shops. But I think, and I'm, I'm not sure, I've never been to Vienna, but maybe even if that was the case, they would still say, no, we have high standards and we will not work on Sunday. I know it's even forbidden in some places to work on Sunday. Or if you make your employees work, you have to pay double. It's quite restricted law. But now we're talking with position of workers. What about customer position? I, I admit it, it's not the good mindset to make people work on Sunday because I want to go and buy my groceries. But what about uh, customer perspective? I guess it depends on where you are because, I mean, we grew up with that mindset that we can go grocery shopping whenever. But if we grew up in Vienna, that would be like in our blood and in our mind that we cannot do that. So we would go maybe once a week or once a month for the whole grocery list. And also, I think when we consider from the positions of work, uh, workers, we assume that these workers don't have weekends. Some of them don't, but in some good establishments, they just arrange the shifts. Mm -hmm. So these people have weekends on the weekdays. So they still work six or five days uh, a week, not full seven days. Yeah, like you said, like it's about culture. Like people in this city that we're in right now, they don't like to go out at night. So they know that that's, I mean, even if a shop was open, they, they wouldn't be out together. So if you go to Vienna, you have lots of money and you decide to say, I will be open on Sunday, my customers might not even care about that because it's not in their tradition. Yeah, I've never met person who were complaining about grocery store not working on Sundays. This also shows us that Viennese people have enough time to shop in the week. So they're not working so hard in the week. Yeah, probably they have just normal regular work day. Mm -hmm. Which is and also not the which mm -hmm. is also not the case in Turkey. Yeah, uh, you it's don't a luxury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agree. So in the, the second list. position we have Copenhagen, the city that I, I have been visit recently. What about average cost of the life there? Depending on hostels being 40 euros a night. Uh, again, 5,000. Okay, 5,000? Yeah, I think 5,000 this time. 5,000. None of you, right? 10,000. <laughs> Seven. Oh, okay. 7,000 per month. It's the average cost, including rent for two person. And average salary? Five. Five, yeah. <laughs> no, five is too much. Uh, four? And average salary is 6.5. 6,500 euros okay, for then, each person. Then, then it's, it's, it's a good It's pretty view. affordable. And they have a lot for safe, let's say, or for any other spendings. Yeah, I can say that I was impressed by Copenhagen so much because I think they are living their best lives. <laughs> because the environment of the city, it's one of the most thoughtful if it comes to infrastructure, if it comes to some places where people can chill, uh, have a picnic or swim. So they have river in the middle of the city 
And in this river, you can swim, you can take some bath near the river because the places for chilling, like chilling zones, they are really pretty, well organized. Also, at the same riverside, you can take boat without any driver. You can drive it by yourself and each boat has table and you can do like water picnic and drive around Copenhagen uh, doing picnic. So for me, it seems like amazing. I just, I'm wondering, I can have that opportunity to have that kind of environment in my city. So at the same time, they use this river for uh, like transportation, for transport people from one side of the city to another one. Also for do some city tours, uh, which is important for tourist uh, infrastructure. Also things that I was inspired by or like impressed by, bicycle roads. Everywhere you can reach by bike. For me, it's super important because I think driving bikes in a city, it's so good because pollutions, you can reduce amount of pollutions. You can be healthy because cycling for at least 10 minutes a day, it's a really good thing. So also you can park your bicycles everywhere because there are a lot of uh, parking places. Also, cultural side of the city oh my gosh i was impressed by amount of museums different one and each of them so well organized so also it's quite affordable if you earning same amount as uh, people in denmark yeah so i think copenhagen it's my highlight of scandinavia right now so far because i haven't been in other scandinavian countries except sweden so but sweden i have seen just malmo uh, which is also good city and well organized city but with copenhagen i agree it deserves second place in this rate You said that like the nature uh, stuff does not impress you that much since you have a lot of that in in Georgia. Uh, what does impress you? Like what what is your uh, contrast? Infrastructure. Infrastructure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, yeah, we obviously have that too, but yeah, infrastructure probably in the big cities and that's material life <laughs> and yeah, just people around, I guess. What kind of infrastructure do you think really important to have in a city? are not Khrushchevgas because in Georgia, like mostly, we have this like post-Soviet buildings, which I know that it has history and for some people it is really beautiful, but... So let me explain about Khrushchevkas. This is the type of the buildings that were built according to plan of Khrushchev in, in his period uh, when he was in charge. And uh, they seem like uh, pretty simple houses... Uh, made from bricks or from parts of concrete. The main point of building this was because a lot of people were living in suburban area in some countryside. And when migration started from the countryside to the cities, the government had to place uh, workers somewhere. The main plan was place the workers in the flats. And uh, the idea of communism or socialism was each person should have a flat, own flat. And it was a period when workers or like people after graduation from the university, they got a flat. And the amount of population was quite big. And of course, you need to produce a lot, a lot of houses for give to each person their own flat. And this Khrushchevkas was the only exit, only the solution for this situation. So they built Khrushchevkas so fast and all around the Soviet Union. Uh, We have an example about 
you know, the speed of the building. In one uh, neighborhood in Moscow, they built the, the whole building, about 100 flats in it, for seven days. Can you imagine that? It's like a Lego. Yeah, but it was very good quality product. Also, I've never heard of any Khrushchevka, like, I don't know, being teared down or anything. Really? Never in Georgia. Yeah, uh, in, in that sense, I agree with you. It's quite uh, good products and probably the quality of concrete or quality of yeah. technology and that stuff was good, but it wasn't good looking. That's yeah, the point. Course, and nowadays we're quite Nothing. aesthetic persons. <laughs> yeah, we're quite we're quite aesthetic persons and we really appreciate uh, some good looking environment, good looking houses. That's the main ache of being in a, a Soviet a post-Soviet country or living in post-Soviet country. I agree with you, Khrushchevka is something terrible and it shouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, but it takes time. Yeah. But I like this old uh, old style of houses. I'm not talking about like Khrushchevka's, but nowadays Tbilisi or whatever, they do like new buildings. It's like so modern and they're trying to be so, so modern, like 10 years ahead. I prefer this old style with like all the ornaments and like it's a really attention to detail stuff because that's like timeless for me and it's more appealing. And I think it shows you to mirrors and just glasses on the this houses that you were talking about it shows you real identity of the culture yeah. so it's it's really cultural and also I have been in uh, in Bursa in Mudanya there are still some houses with that wood cover and uh, ornaments and they're really good looking I also love this I forgot its name right now but it has a name where the balcony on the second floor is a bit in the front I think it makes it, the house look very pretty and I always admire them I've never been inside one but it's like imagine a balcony but it's a living room it's not a balcony it's just a part of the house that extends into the street without oh, okay. blocking the walkway because it's on the second floor so architecture this is the one of the most important criteria uh, for you Anna what about you Dodge in a city well um okay so the most important thing in a city i think first of all without considering the beauty and everything is i think safety if you see the population is abiding by the rules like for example i am as a turk i am completely shocked how people here just wait in the zebra crossing but there are no cars yeah but they're just waiting so this gives me trust to these people that they would follow other rules also in istanbul or in karenia or anywhere turks live this would be considered idiotic <laughs> Like yeah, these people will be looked as sheep, not taking advantage of an empty street by respecting too much to the laws. I think this is the first thing. Like if you can feel like you can act and live without problems, then you have an easy mind. Then you can focus on other things. But what exactly is safeness for you? That was that was actually my first like a cultural shock here because now I don't even look on the road when I cross the zebra because everybody stops. I, it's just enough just to step a little bit aside and the car stop. I was like, I felt so important there. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, because in Georgia, whenever you are about to cross zebra, they put their feet on the gas instead of stopping. So it's like, oh my gosh, where noticed, am I? Noticed, again, about importantness, like feel important. If we're talking about architecture, I should feel like I'm important. <laughs> I'm the main character. Because this architecture for me 
not for impress somebody, not for just build it, build ugly buildings for build ugly buildings and for sell more property inside these ugly buildings. So that, that's the logic of uh, Russian build companies. And here, like, follow the rules, be secure, be important for the whole system, because uh, all these criteria, it's about one system to live in a city, how this organized, how this projected. When I see big buildings, I don't think that I am not important. Like, especially for Vienna's case, I don't expect them to... But, like, let's say I see a palace or, like, we see these grand, grand statues, grand buildings, grand government buildings. It feels like, for me at least, as humanity, we are doing this, you know? So, like, I accept the grandioseness of something without making it personal. But one thing I found personal was in Istanbul. When you look at an apartment, just one apartment, coming from Kyrenia, the first time I said, like the apartment in front of our building, I said, okay, one whole village lives here, comparing to uh, Kyrenia. Because in Kyrenia, we all have like grand homes, like most of, most of us, like apartments are just starting. So if you can imagine every house plot is separate and when you add them up together and make it 30 floors, it can make one full, full village. And at one time, I, uh, when I was passing by a skyscraper, I felt like uh, my ape monkey instinct, you know. I was like, wow, like, what is this? Like, this is just huge. And don't forget, I was born in Istanbul, but I grew up in Cyprus. So I totally forgot that whole massive buildings aspect of it. And let me come to the point of feeling unimportant. Like one day I looked at a view when we were passing from the highway and it says endless buildings to the horizon. So I, I said to myself, okay, all of these are individual houses. Like I live a life that is important to me. And all of these people live a life also that's important to them. But when you put them all together, when you make like millions of them, they all seem quite unimportant individually because like, like they care about their house, but the next one also cares about their life. The next one also has this problem. So I think maybe this is wrong to think this way. We are all of course, living in this world and all of us are special in our own way, but we all have so common problems that it's not that special. When you look, I, at least I felt that, on, on that scene, I felt that way. Not the size of the building, but I think the amount of same story happening, like too many movies, but like you see them at the same time. So they're not that different than each other. One bad thing I don't like about Assemble, seeing those scenes, it just makes it pointless. Like if I'm if I'm meeting these people outside, yes, that's nice, but it's it's eye tiring to see. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. And I'm like a small town girl. <laughs> Even I live in Voronezh, and my city is about one million people. But the size of the city not that big as, as you think about it. one million. It's too much people, but in reality, no. And for me, really important to see some horizon and do not see next to me like next building from my window. I have to have some space for my eyes. And I really appreciate cities when you can see some nature from the city or mountains from the city. I have visited uh, Skopje, uh, North Macedonia, which is, for me, a little bit ugly city because the architecture, because they put a lot of statues in the city center and it looks like chaos. But at the same time, if you're staying in the city center, you can see mountains from the city center. Oh my gosh. It makes you feel like you are not just a little piece in these concrete jungles. You are allowed to live your life and enjoy the whole sides of the life. (music) 
So uh, what else important for you? What kind of activities do you like to do in a city, uh, which is important for you and you would like to, to have it in your city? For me, for example, it's um, picnic. Uh, I love to do picnics. For me, it's important to have some parks where I can do picnics or some areas where I allowed to bring like my stuff and do picnic. I appreciate green areas in the city and I think it's so important to have green areas um, inside the city. The more, the better. Since you started with the parks, I, I always get super impressed when I see parks because in, in Cyprus we don't have them like properly Maybe the biggest park, they, they just built it like on the north side, I'm talking about the south house. Like the biggest park is maybe like the city center of this city. And um, like we all have ground houses. Everybody has like little gardens of themselves. And we have nature to go with your car and have picnics and next to the beach or, or in the forest or whatever. But an organized municipal park is something I am always impressed by. The first one that I saw was in, in London, how organized it was and how green and open it was, like seeing people coming with their dogs or just hanging out or going for a run and with huge trees and just open grass uh, areas. It truly feels like a luxury. And um, also I experienced this in, in Budapest uh, in, in the recent visit. So this is I really envy about um, these European cities who, which, which has good municipal policies about parks and uh, recreation around that, uh, that I wish Cyprus has. Um, Istanbul also doesn't have that many parks. It kind of has, but it's so in the city that you don't feel that ease, that much at ease. Maybe some people who live in Istanbul who are better city dwellers than me, they know more. Uh, I cannot say too much about it, depending on the region you live. But the ease of, ease of access and the quietness and the whole surrounding in European cities is something that I would want to just steal and bring it, bring, bring home, you know. Well, for me, I'm so used to coldness growing up and I'm also like traumatic by not having any activities doing with my friends growing up in my hometown. I guess it's the places where I can go out with my friends, like, I don't know, cafe or, or a bar or aqua park or something like that where I can just hang out with my friends because growing up I didn't have any of that so the best place in my hometown was after school we would go there was this one grocery store that had like tables outside so we were just <laughs> hanging out there for like two hours with our coca-colas and that was the plastic red one <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was our bar and I guess that's really important thing parks also okay uh, I mean, but uh, uh, imagine parks with infrastructure where you can yes. hang out with friends, like which has yeah, that's really great. A lot of cafes and food courts and that stuff. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, we have a lot of parks, but mainly those are like small parks where you can go with your kids and just hang out. Yeah, but mainly they're made for the kids. We have a lot of those, but we also have like big parks just for the greenery and stuff. But Green stuff is not a problem in my country because you can just, I don't know, drive for like 20 minutes and everything is green. Like I said, since we all have like ground houses, like, like mini villas, everybody has dogs and their dogs are not always leashed. So it's hard to walk your dog around these houses because like each territory is someone, some other dog's territory and mm -hmm. they might fight or like barking and stuff. Happen. Yeah, but uh, do you have your own yards? We do, uh, with but the fence or no? Yes, we do, but we also want to 
take them for long walks, like like four kilometer, two kilometer, mm-hmm. you know, daily. So they can explore and also, I want to say like socialize, but it's difficult mm-hmm. in Cyprus. But here in the parks, um, you can see that dogs are all like really social. They see other people, they see other dogs to mm-hmm. play with. And um, if I were a dog, I would want to want to uh, live in EU. <laughs> uh, <in> yeah. <laughs> what about cultural side of life uh, in a city? Because uh, it was one of the criteria according to this rating. Is it important and what kind of cultural life uh, you would like to see in the city of your dream? In my dream city, I would love there to be a lot of museums because I really enjoy that. But like good museums where I can see like really meaningful piece of arts. Also, I like art festivals, whatever that might be, like some... Wine festivals wine suits festivals. this criteria. Yeah, wine festivals, why not? Yeah, sometimes maybe about music or movies and stuff like that. But I would love to feel this activeness where people just gather together gather around just to, I don't know, celebrate something and watch or drink or just experience genre of art yeah this is also i think very important and about the cultural uh, i completely agree with all of this and also about the wine festival too which we can also come back to as uh, entertainment side of the cities but i think culture also has uh, the ability of people to uh, respect and tolerate and accept each individual again with the neighborhood being different For example, Istanbul doesn't accept all ways of life. And here I'm not just talking about LGBT communities, about it can even be about your fashion sense. Like, okay, you can be dressed as however you want and walk everywhere, but you can also see the tenseness and the opinions of certain people being judgmental uh, towards you. So having an open society, like for example in Budapest also, this was very obvious to my eyes that people were very relaxed and they seemed like they didn't have that much trouble or questions in their mind while they were sitting at cafes or just walking or doing whatever they were doing, you know. They had this chillness to them, which would be the case in certain neighborhoods in Istanbul, but not in all of them. So in, if, let's say if we're constructing a best city, I think uh, it's also about populating it peop- with people who are well adjusted to living with others and just not getting interfering with their business and and just being accepting or any other adjectives towards this goal. <laughs> um, But don't you think it's like uh, it comes from good level of education, cultural life and of development? Of course. Of course, yes. Um, like it depends about their uh, how they grew up to, you know, what they were seeing and uh, what they were doing until that age. Definitely, yeah. The whole things that we were discussing about uh, city environment, it was like related to good uh, developed environment. And of course, it costs some money. And I can understand from where government has money. So f- from taxes of, of the population. And what about taxes? Do you think it's logical to pay a lot of taxes for have your city in a good shape? Or is it like should be from other sources? No, I mean, I think taxes should be paid, but not like too much, obviously. <laughs> but okay, too much if we count uh, like percentage from the income. Yeah, I think up to 25 is fine. I okay. mean, understandable. We pay 22 now mm-hmm. in Georgia, but our salaries are mm-hmm. not too good. I think up to 25 is reasonable. I'm not super great with, with economics, but I like big governments. If the government is good, if I know that the money is 
going to public service. And uh, our region, Balkans, Greece, Turkey, Cyprus, we don't we have a distrust against government. So we think that if we pay the tax, it won't come back to us as road, electricity and water, uh, we like to say. But I personally like the idea of big government. I'm not a fan of everybody should be free and like, you know, let's have a liberal society. And I like the authority. I like the system that we all participate in and sets for ourselves. So I think in the Scandinavian countries, the taxes are quite high. But you also get great service. So if that's going to be the case, I'm all for it. So it also depends who's handling the money. Yeah, I think that was my first thought when I arrived to Copenhagen. They're paying huge taxes, but they see with their eyes what they're paying for. Do you know the, the amount of taxes in Denmark? No. It's Guess. quite high, I think. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Maybe more than 50%. More than 50? Uh, 40? 30? 56. 56% of income goes to taxes. (laughs) And yeah, they have really good developed uh, infrastructure. And they also have, I think, free health service, free education. I don't know exactly about free or not, but the education system. If if they're paying this much. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But they have really good quality of education and health care and also uh, social care. Because I was talking with guys who are living there and they said, for example, government support a lot uh, divorced couple. So they have like share custody and uh, the parents, they are splitting the whole responsibilities and expenses for kids and Government especially support mothers after divorce for them to find a job and be like economically dependent. Because uh, in Russia, for example, it's case when uh, mother, even if uh, she's not happy in the marriage, she stays because of the money, because she doesn't have any opportunity to go out of the marriage and that stuff. So, and uh, I think it's increased the level of happiness and the level of secure of the population. Yeah, about taxes in, in our countries, uh, and says 22%, and in Turkey it's between 15 and 40% of taxes because you have progressive tax system. In Russia it's like 13% of taxes, but uh, we have a lot of hidden taxes, which we don't pay directly, and we don't know in reality how much we are paying. But I assuming we're paying a lo- about like 40% of taxes, but not directly, just our employer paying it uh, instead of us. And here is a huge misunderstanding. A lot of people say like Russia is one of the most um, liberal uh, country about taxes, but they just don't uh, understand like there are a lot of high taxes. For this amount of taxes that we are paying, we should gain a lot, you know, because here's be another a... Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I swear, <laughs> if we stop building dachas, <laughs> like country houses for... Yeah, but how you know, are the politicians going to get richer then if oh, they build yeah. you this infrastructure? Of course. <laughs> but you need that so they would work better, you know? Oh, yeah. It's also for <laughs> it's, you. It's for uh, their yeah. <laughs> baileys. <laughs> so, and here we have rating of the worst cities in the world. <laughs> Can wow. you guess, guys? Who is the first? Moscow. No, I'm just kidding. Moscow. Ah, it's interesting fact about Moscow and St. Petersburg because, and uh, Kiev also, uh, I, I wanted to say it before. So Kiev, Moscow and St. Petersburg, because of the war, they lose a lot of points, positions in that rate, of course, because of the war. 
because restrictions and Kyiv because uh, yeah because of the war. Worst city I think can be Mexico City with Mexico. the cartels. Wow. And too high population. A little bit eastern countries. Eastern, okay. It's Damascus, Syria. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Is it livable at the moment? I think so, but uh, you can notice that all these uh, countries from like 10 top the worst cities, they are located in Nigeria, Libya or Syria, which is countries with bad economical situation and also war going on in there. The second place, Lagos, Nigeria, and the third one, Tripoli, Libya. So these circumstances uh, which related to war and low economic makes city unlivable. And not the best place to live in. Yeah, but maybe cheap for holiday. <laughs> holiday? <laughs> Do you think there there's something left to see? <laughs> I've seen one one guy. Um, he was traveling to the countries that just has a, had a disaster or a terror attack. Uh, because I also saw that. You saw this, right? Because it gets really cheap after the yeah. bombs explode. You know, the next week <laughs> the prices yeah. drop. So cheap holiday. He visits countries after terrorist attacks, like he visited Turkey the last time. Oh, it's such extreme tourism. Yeah, but uh, he says that it's the safest place after a terrorist attack. It's uh, the cheapest place, uh, like and you see everything. They cannot do it twice. And yeah, and the security is alert now, you know. So. Yeah. And it was, he was saying that it was just me in the bus, and like a 50-seat place bus. But it's quite a smart thing to do, actually. Yep. So, guys... According to your experience, do you have the city that you like mo- the most or some highlight? Tell us about the most beautiful and incredible place that have you ever visited. Okay, so I can tell a sequence that explains me. And I, and I also said this out loud that this is free luxury. In Budapest, I went to a park. And then, of course, as I said, like parks are something that I'm a huge fan of. Um, which has an incredible museum in it and architecture-wise also very impressive and um, quite entertaining to see, like fulfilling to see. And um, you turn around, there's another museum about about music, which also has a, has a band openly playing for free where you can listen to. So you have the green space, now you're hearing good music. And then you walk a little bit more and then like you see the whole cultural heritage that they have built. So open museum. By the way, as you can see, I'm not spending any money doing these things. I just needed to be there. Free the park, the almost free the museum and um, free music. And then a little bit further, because it was Sunday, um, they have organized a wine festival, which uh, is also free to enter. All of these... Also, yes, after and after the wine festival, you uh, as you're walking to their monumental hero square... On the corner, there's a salsa, a salsa festival slash party slash event, which um, it is like unbelievably luxurious for me to experience all of this in two hours without me forcing to arrange anything. This is city being good to me, you know, like all of these are available and planned goods too. So I think this I can say as a nice example of just because you're choosing to live in the city, you can um, be more happy or you have more reasons to feed your many needs you know both emotionally like peaceful wise you know, it just provides a lot and i feel i feel like things like this happen then i feel that it's a good decision and more plus points for that city so i definitely want to see around and try to maybe even construct my life into living in these cities more than what i have already lived in yeah i don't know i've never had that lucky moment where i would just go from one place to another and i would enjoy like every activity at uh, the same level so but I guess for me it's 
again Tbilisi because that's the place that I know very well and that's the place where I feel very comfortable uh feel comfortable around people around those buildings and everything so I guess yeah that would be my choice but even though I've visited some places now it's I'm still like a tourist and like exploring those places and I can't really live there you know I can't get like a living experience in there I'm just looking at them from outside My yeah. boat goes to Tbilisi. Yeah, adding to that, I am also in more of your situation. I've, I've witnessed this as a tourist mm-hmm. and I liked it. I, I still feel at home at my home, you know, like you said. But maybe it, it gives an idea for future to mm-hmm. live it more and then see if it is actually like maybe movable for permanent reasons or... So far, I don't have any special place or my favorite place where I want to live. I don't know. I'm really in love with my hometown, as I said before. So we are like homies here. <laughs> But I think traveling itself, it's so good to see in other places and probably to take the responsibilities of bringing something to your own hometown. Probably some initiatives, probably some things, events. I don't know, we easily can take this responsibility and organize something that we saw abroad in our hometown. Probably it's not that easy, but at least if you have this idea in your mind, uh, you can take the, some active position and probably make the environment of your city better. Guys, we discuss a lot of things and all of them were quite interesting and important. I hope so our listeners can get some ideas about place to visit or things to do in their own city. I think it's important to explore your own city instead to immediately try to leave it or go to somewhere just for seeing new things. Our own cities there contains a lot of content, I guess so, and a lot of things to do. We just need to look into it and uh, be passionate and be curious. Also nice, uh, explore your own city well and then go abroad and uh, see different type of life, different cities, have different ideas, fulfill your personality with museums, activities. So it's all for today. Thank you for being with us and see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.